are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. The uh, title of my message today is uh, Power of Togetherness, and um, we're, we're talking about the whole aspect of unity. Now, if you've been around a church circle long enough, uh, you've heard someone speak on unity and the importance of, of us coming together, and we know that we can accomplish more when we're unified. We know that we can, we can walk in that place together to do great things together. But really, what does unity mean? Like, if I say that word, we need to be unified, we need to walk in that place that God's calling us, hallelujah, and you're sitting there and you're just like, yeah, 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 but what does he mean by unity? You know, is unity us um, walking together, looking the same, acting the same, maybe even dressing the same? You know, that'd be kind of cool. We just, uh, all the Christians all over the, around the world, we have this specific uniform that, uh, that would, we could wear just so people would be like, you know what, I know they're a Christian, I need to go and ask them a question. Or I know they're a Christian, I need to go stone them uh, in some countries. See, I don't think that's what unity really is. I don't think it's us all as a church doing the same thing to be able to say what the Lord wants us to do because that, that would be silly for we're a diverse people. We have all kinds of different talents, all kinds of different things. And truthfully, I think that if that's what God called us to be, if he called us to be all, these, all the same, I think many of us would probably just fall short. For unity is more to see Christ lifted up in power. For if we're part of the body yet different, then truly we need to do our parts in order uh, for the other parts to succeed in the global vision that God has given us. But in order for us to succeed, we often need to prepare the way. You know what? As a dad, for my kids, I would do anything. You know, we did have that uh, quad accident there a couple weeks ago, and Liberty was on the quad with us. And I tell you, my heart just panicked. My little girl, like, is she okay? What's happening? And, and my wife was there. And it's kind of like, okay, you know, my family, what is happening, Lord? Why is this, why is this going on? As a dad, you know what, sometimes I, I'll come home and Cindy's like, you have to help the kids with homework. And it'll take two hours to work on four spelling words. And it's kind of like, come on! You know, I put them in activities gymnastics and karate and that kind of stuff, and they, and, and, and they love to do it, but yet it costs me money. Why do we do these things? Why do we want to be such a blessing? Why do we want to impart so much into our children? I think for truthfully, as moms and dads, we want our children to go farther than we've ever gone before. We want our kids to be able to experience some of the things perhaps we weren't able to experience as kids. What would happen if a church... If we truly understood that we were a family and we sat in that place where it's just kind of like, you know what, there's a global vision and the global vision that we are at Cole Lake Community Church is what we're working on right now. Who are we? Family is. And when we embrace that whole thing and we understand that, you know what, we're that family and we're going to accomplish what the Lord wants us to accomplish, then we sit back and look for opportunities to be able to see our brothers and sisters go farther than we've ever gone. Wouldn't that be amazing? You see, there's, there's different journeys in people's lives, and sometimes we cannot fulfill what God has for us unless somebody else comes alongside to open up that door for us. 
But if we become so complacent in that place where it's just kind of like, you know what, uh, I'm just busy right now, then it's very possible that you're stopping a door for being open that God wants to open for many people to be able to walk through and go further because you got the key to the first door. Here's a great clip to show you that.
I love that, uh, that line on there that says, without Rick's dad, he couldn't compete. And without, Rick's son, uh, without Dick's son, he wouldn't want to compete. And that is what unity is. When we get to that place and we say, God, what is my part? What is my spot? Because Lord, I, this, this whole unity here, and I think that that's where churches kind of focus on. They, we focus on horizontal unity. And you know what? Horizontal unity, that's going to come into alignment if vertical unity is in alignment. If we're aligned with the Spirit, if we're aligned with God, if we're doing what the Lord shows us, then all this stuff naturally will fall into place. 1 Corinthians, Paul says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. Do you know what power is? Power is the creativity of the Spirit being exploded onto the scene. It's not just enough to have people participate. The Spirit calls us to be who we were created to be. The Lord is not in the business of making everybody the same. For there's diversity in unity. We are, not the, uh, we, are, we are one, yet we're not the same. We have unity through Christ, but the Spirit makes us very different. And that's the brilliance of Christ's work is revealing to us uh, becoming who he's created us to be. You just take a look at a room like, like this, and, and over here we have Gordon, and you know, Gordon led worship today. Just stand up there, Gordy. And, and you know what? His part was to bring us into the presence of God. And wasn't worship powerful today? But not just because of Gord, but because Gord then had a team around him that was just hungry for the presence of God. If I just said to Gord, okay, on Sunday, you know what, uh, maybe next Sunday I want you to, um, I want you to preach, and, and Gord says, okay, that might be or might not be in his spectrum, and, 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 we ha- and, and, and yet uh, if I said to all of a sudden, I said to Lena, here's a, you stay standing there, Gord, I said to Lena over here, this is Lena, and she, she's just so amazing, but Lena likes to be in the background, Lena doesn't really like the spotlight on her. And I said, listen, uh, next week I'm going to get Gord to, to, uh, to preach and I'm going to get you to lead worship with the, uh, playing the guitar next week. She'd be like, oh Lord, we need a miracle right now. But yet there's still diverse people in the body. You know, stay standing, Lena. We got Rick over here. And you know, Rick, stand up. There's, this is Rick. And you know, Rick is a really unique guy. Rick really, he really kind of steps into the prophetic. He, he hears things from the Lord. And when, you, when you're type of a prophetic person, you're a little weird. You know, you, you, you like a little, you like things that maybe some other people don't. And then you can get, kind of get standoffish. Like, you know what? He's kind of a weirdo. But yet, we need a prophetic voice. We need to be who God has called us to be because God has made people to be able to work in the background and make sure that everything is right and everything is functioning. We need people to be able to bring us into the presence of God. We need people to be able to, 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 be able to pray and to be able to hear the words from the Lord. At the back, we got Nicole F. She's our head intercessor. She's, she sets up teams and prays. Stand up, Nicole. She sets up teams and she prays and it is in that place and you know what she's needed here at this body she needs to be part of that 
You know what? We got, we got people here, like, like Julie is always talking about doing this, this uh, garden thing, and with the weather, it was kind of a bad year for the, for, for the vegetable garden, but you know, to be, to be more than enough, and we need people stand up, guys, together as a husband and wife. We need people in that place to get their hands dirty, to say, you know what? We are going to work and we're going to do what the Lord has us to do because when the vision is here and the vision is cast from someone who's a big weird dreamer like myself, then we need people to say, you know what? I'm behind you. Let's get our hands dirty. Let's see this vision fly. Then we got a Ben Dick there. And Ben, stand up there, Ben. Ben loves teaching. Man, Ben has been doing our small groups since we were over in the old building. He's not only teaching adults, but he's in there teaching the youth. And he just loves sharing who God is. He loves to expound upon the word, to be able to get into that place. That is unity. And we need every single person in our parts. And you know what? Maybe, again, maybe we're not a musical person. It's kind of like, you know what? Maybe I'll never really be close friends with Gord because we're not on the same page. But that's okay. It's our job to be able to encourage, spurn on, and say, go for it, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you, guys. We all join the dance, playing the part that we're born to play, becoming who we're created to be. These are symbols of the Holy Spirit, and they represent freedom in our lives for change. See, in family, we'll not always see eye to eye. Man, look at Jesus in the 12. Those guys didn't always agree. Unity is much more than it is to be unified in the Spirit, looking more and more every single day like Jesus. John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you will know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but the Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work that you have seen me do. See, here Jesus is not saying, I'm the Father. That would be crazy. Because if he was saying that, when Jesus was baptized by water by the John the Baptist, and the people heard the voice, this is my son whom I'm well pleased, he'd be speaking that over himself. But that didn't happen. But Jesus says, you know what? I am in the Father, and we are so mixed together. We have so become one that when you see me, you see the Father. And when you see the Father, you see Jesus. That is what we're calling to be. You know what? It's totally like the color purple. Purple is not a primary color. But you know what? Red is a primary color, and blue is a primary color. So let's say that Jesus is red, and we put red right there. And then we say God is blue, and we put them together, and as they get together, we have purple. Now, when purple is created, try to separate it. It's impossible. If you take paint and you mix the blue and you mix the red together and then say, you know what, I think I'm going to go back to blue or I'm going to go back to red, you can't do it. That is what God is calling us to be. He's calling us to be purple people. He's calling us to be so mixed with the Spirit of the Lord that when people see us, 
they see the Father. When people see us, they see Jesus. And it's like, whoa, there's something different about you because you're not on your own. You've been bought with a price. Um, uh, when you pair together with verse 12, uh, which says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and, it will, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask anything in my name and I will do it. That's always been a verse that's like, kind of like, God, what do you mean we're going to do greater works than you? Man, you raised the dead. You, you, Lord, you, you, you cast out demons. Lord, you spoke to the sickness, and the sickness flew away. How can I do greater works than you? See, that glory that the Lord is saying that we're going to do greater parts in, is that glory is the unity that was shared between the Father and the Son, and now that's ours as a gift to be able to enjoy. What does it mean for us to be the bride of Christ? It means that we have the authority or the legal right to step into signs and wonders. Heal the sick. Yes, raise the dead. Yes, cast out demons. Where truly signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Are we seeing signs and wonders happening today in the church? I'm just questioning you that. Are we seeing it happen today in the church? Yes, You know what? If you think yes, we're seeing it today happening, let's raise your hand. Okay, if you say, no, you know what, we're not really seeing it today, let me see your hand. And then the other guys would be un, 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 uh, unsure, I guess. <laughs> let, me, let me say this. Um, I, I received, a, I, I, I followed a, a Matthew Barnett on Twitter, and it, the guy just makes me laugh. He's always come up with crazy things. But one uh, tweet that he put out there is, I long for the day, I long to see the day when feeding the poor is valued as a sign and wonder in the church. When he said that, you know what, I really started to think about that and think, you know what, that's powerful. What is one of the greatest miracles of all? Personally, I think one of the greatest miracles of all is salvation. We t- you, you know what, you, you, you share the life-changing message of Jesus Christ, somebody who was destined for an eternity away from the Lord, steps in that place and falls on their knees and say, God, I need you as my Lord and Savior. That is an amazing miracle of the Lord where all of a sudden that, 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 that body that was on the wide road that was leading to destruction is now on that narrow path. That's a miracle of God. We're seeing signs and wonders. We are seeing healings. We are seeing uh, people set free from demonic presences. Man, I long for the day to see, you know, have a funeral site in here and all of a sudden the guy sits up and says, not yet. You know, like, come on, why not? It's awesome. I think in a, if our mindset, we can get stuck in a rut where if we don't see a visual manifestation of the presence happen before our eyes, we can become easily discouraged. Man, we're like Thomas. Just, just let me see the holes in you. Let, let, let me just make sure that, it's, that it truly is you. Horizontal unity, will, again, will line up when vertical unity is established. For the Holy Spirit will not allow us to gossip, backbite, hold on to bitterness if we are all uh, with the Father and that we are flowing with the fruit of the Spirit. See, that whole thing about, again, what we teach on in unity, I think we, le- we d- deal so much in this level. We better be nice. You better play nice. We're a Christian. Remember, people are watching you. Yeah, yeah. But I think if we're so in unity 
with God. If we're so walking in that place, then truly the fruits of the Spirit will be flowing in our lives. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of the sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let not become conceited or provoked to one another or become jealous of one another. I remember as a boy, my dad took us for a little while too. We were going to a Presbyterian church. And in that church, I remember that there was this little kid. And pretty much every Sunday we'd come in and this little kid would go up and mock my dad. And he'd come up and I, you know, I don't know what his issue was, but you know, as a, as a young boy, you know what, maybe I was nine at the time, maybe eight. And as, as a young boy, and this kid here was probably six or so, and he would come up and say to my dad, hey, stupid head, hey, fatso, and all this kind of stuff, and and my dad would just be kind of like, ah, nice little boy. Get out of here. So I remember saying to my dad, I said, you know what, dad, do you want me to punch this kid in the face? Like, you know what, just give me the word and I, I'll kill him, like right before your eyes. And dad's like, yeah, you know, I, I, got, a, I, I got a plan. I'm like, oh, you got a plan? What's your plan? He goes, watch, watch this Sunday, I got a plan. So I said, oh, this is going to be good. My dad's going to smack him right in the face. So I'm just waiting. I stay close to my dad, and my dad walks into the church, and this little kid comes running up, sees my dad. Hey, idiot! And my dad says, you know what? You can call me anything you want, but just don't call me purple. And that was the word he used, just don't call me purple. And the little kid just started to light up. I found Jerry's kryptonite. So then for a year, the kid would run up and say, hey, purple, hey, purple, 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 purple. And my dad would be like, my dad would see this little kid and he would say, yo, you stop it. I don't like when people call me purple. Don't call me purple. And that kid would be just like, I got it, I got it, I got it. See, this morning I'm saying, if the sun is red, and the Father is blue. Lord, we need to become purple people. We want to walk in that place, God, that when people see us, Lord, that, God, we look so much like you. You know what? The Bible does say that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know what? Jesus was the only one who was the perfect person. And you know what? There's going to be other people who, who are around us when perhaps we're a little bit prickly or perhaps we don't handle the situation like we wish we had of. But there's something about stepping in that place and just saying, you know what? You know, being quick to repent. And all of a sudden you're at work and you know, you, you hit your, your thumb with a hammer and you just, you let off that swear and all the guys are like, Pfft. He was just telling us about Jesus. <laughs> He's no different than us. To walk in that place instead of just holding your head and saying, you know what, I blew it. Just to say, you know what, God, 
right in front of everybody, just take that moment and say, God, forgive me, Lord. For God, I fell short of your glorious standard, and God, I want to look more and more like you every single day. We mess up. We make mistakes. But let's be in that place where we're so close to God that when people look at us, we totally are Christ-centered, spirit-led. We walk in that place where, you know what? Yeah, we are, we're not perfect. Man, I fall short of the glory of God all the time. It's kind of like, oh, God. But things change, and my, and my life changes, and, 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 and I see so much growth in my life when I'm just in that place and say, God, would you just help me, Lord? You know, if, if any of you follow me on Twitter or, or uh, Facebook there, you, you see that, uh, you know, we were in an accident uh, with the quad there, and Cindy goes in for surgery tomorrow morning. And uh, that wasn't a fun day. But I think I started out, I think I put a post on there one, uh, that said something like, you know what, really, this quad thing is just the icing on the cake of the week that I had. And it started off all out on the Tuesday when we had the Unhindered concert here. And I was driving, and as I was driving, um, I just noticed that, you know, if you've lived long enough in, in Cold Lake, you notice that the first gas station, that, that the price goes up is Esso. And when you see that Esso prices shot up, you usually have 24 hours to be able to fill up at extra foods or no frills now, I guess. So you, you got 24 hours for, before that price goes up. And then you can tell because there's always that massive lineup to get gas in the parking lot. Well, the gas was a buck four at no frills and it went up to a buck 13 over at Esso. And I'm like, oh man, I'm at a quarter tank. Let's fill this puppy up. So I took the truck and I took a big wide turn in the parking lot, but I, I turned it wide and as I wide, I kind of missed all the pumps. And um, the pumps were all filled, but there was nobody behind me. So I just kind of pulled in really quickly, missed the pump, threw it in reverse, and I didn't realize that another little sports car came in behind me and pulled right in behind me, you know, in, in this parking lot. So I quickly threw it in reverse, and I backed up, and I smacked her. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm 40 years old, and I have never been in an accident that's been my fault. I'm like, I have no idea even what to do. So I, I walked out, and this, this, this young girl comes out of the car. She's 17. And she's like, oh, man. She goes, I just got my car out of the shop. Great. And I'm like, hon, I said, I am so sorry. I said, listen, it was totally my fault. I will cover whatever, whatever it costs. And now I had a little Cavalier once, and I had a lady back into me, and she cracked a little piece of my bumper. And unfortunately, it's all one piece there. So when that it comes off, I think it cost the lady $1,400, if I remember right, to replace that part. So I, I, I said to her, I said, you know what? Let's go over to JD's and we'll look at it and uh, I'll cover it and it won't be anything to you. And uh, so we went over there and when we went over there, um, I, I got a quote and the guy looks at it and he says, well, it's gonna be about $1,100 for the parts because again, it's that one, sort of that one front piece. And then they said, and then they put on the quote, 17 hours labor. I'm like, 17 hours later to put a bumper on? Come on, I, know, I don't know much about vehicles and mechanics, but I know I'm being hosed right now. So all of a sudden, the price came to 3000 some odd dollars. I'm like, I can't pay 3000 bucks. So I said, I guess I'm going to have to go through the insurance. So I got that all worked up, and I thought, okay, well, I got that all set up, and I thought, okay, i got to pay a $1,000 deductible, and uh, the insurance will cover the rest. And then I said, you know what, I should probably go over to the police station and fill out a report. 
So to make a long story short, I went over to the police station and I filled out my testimony just so they know that all my bases are covered doing what I'm supposed to do. And I went over to the police station and the guy says, yeah, let me see your license. He got all that. He goes, I'll be right back. He comes back and he gives me a ticket for 150 bucks. I'm like, what's this for? He goes, that's for improper backup. It's 150 bucks plus two points off your license. I'm like, come on. I came in here and I volunteered this. Like, you know, he's like, well, it's the law. Have a good day. I'm like, you too be blessed, officer. <laughs> and then Cindy's like, okay, you know what? Like, this has been a pretty lousy week. What do you say we just go away, you and I? Let's go into Edmonton and just have a, a night there. We'll have, go see. We went and saw Courageous. And let's just go see Courageous. And, da, da, da. and we're like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And my gout started acting up. So I went to the doctor on the Thursday before the Friday came and he gave me some new pills and I started taking these pills and then we went to the hotel there and I was sick all night Friday and all Saturday morning. So then we're driving home and Cindy's like, you know what, this is awful. Let's just have fun. Let's just go home and have a nice family quad ride. Well, you know how that turned out. Cindy broke her arm. Libby was in the quad, you know, and... and, and, and uh, and I went through the windshield and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And now I'm like, oh, great. I borrowed this guy's quad. And I just dropped it off at JD's and I've got to pay for whatever repairs. Or I don't even know what that's going to cost yet. But all that story to say, if I've been your pastor long enough, you know some of the things that I've struggled with. I, I, I try to be an open book. One of the things that I really am bad at is I got a temper. And sometimes that temper can kind of fly up. And I think that enough of these things came up to kind of light that temper fire a little bit. But I learned something. See, that little gal that I hit, I met with her, and, I, and, and uh, you know, after the accident, we went through all JDs and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I sat down with her, and, you know, I've given her all my insurance stuff, and I've given her my name and my address. And she passed me her iPhone, and I wrote in, you know, Lance Steves, here's my number. And then I put in the, the bracket there, I put the jerk that hit you. And then I gave her my iPhone and she says, fills out her name and she says, the poor innocent girl you hit. <laughs> and, and I said to her, I said, you know what, before I go, would you let me pray with you? She's like, what? I just, I just want to pray with you. Would you, I, you know, this is not a great circumstance to be able to meet someone from the community, but would you let me pray with you? She says, you know what, yeah. And I had that opportunity to be able to pray with her and bless her and this kind of a thing. And I'm just kind of like, God, something in my life is changing, Lord. Where the old way would have been, you get out of the car and just be like, what the heck? You came in behind me? Like there's a whole parking lot here and you have to pull in right in behind me? You're laughing because that's what you would do. But something changed there where this whole week, every time something happened, I just said, okay, God, thank you, Lord. God, I just want to take a moment and worship you and say, God, I love you, I love you, I love you. I know that I am blessed beyond the curse. There's no bad luck that is attached to me. I know Psalms 5.12 says the favor of God surrounds the righteous like a shield. And Lord, you have shown me divine favor. And God, in this very moment, I'm going to praise your name, God, because you're worthy of my praise. And then afterwards, I sat back and I said, Lord, I didn't get angry at all. 
I didn't lose it. I didn't do something, God, that the old Lance would have done. Thank you, Lord. Now, will I never get angry again? I doubt it. But when that happens, Lord, let me be quick to repent. Let me walk in that place and just say, God, I need you to be the Lord of my life. I need you to be able to do what you need to accomplish in my life. And then I said, you know, God, this little incident that I had with this little 17-year-old girl, it cost me a lot of money. Next time, Lord, let me just go up to her and say, hey, how you doing? I feel like I need to pray with you. (laughs) But God, whatever you have for me, Lord, I trust that you're the Lord of my life and I trust that you're leading me and guiding me. My friends, I believe that we need to become purple people. I believe that we have to be so saturated with Jesus that when people see us at our best and when people see us at our worst, they say there's something different about that because they're not seeing us, they're seeing Christ through us. We're gonna be challenged We're gonna be called out. As a youth pastor, I remember meeting with a real angry girl in my office and she told me to F off and spit right in my face. And I'm just kinda like, wow. Try to bless you and this is what I get. It's gonna happen. What are you gonna do about it? Are you gonna walk in that place and just say, you know what, I can't wait to retaliate? Or are you gonna walk in that place and say, I got a plan? I got a plan. I'm gonna let Jesus out. That whole turn the other cheek there, I think we misunderstand that. I think it's like, that's weakness, God. You know what, it's strength. It shows what you're made of when all of a sudden someone slaps you and it's just kinda like, you know what, I'm gonna restrain right now because I could kill you, but I choose not to. I choose to love you. That doesn't mean you're a doormat. Doesn't mean you're a doormat. Doesn't mean, okay, just let someone take advantage of me and beat me around. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is there's power in love. There's power when all of a sudden someone strikes out with anger. Remember, my friends, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities. There's something at work there. It's not the person who we hate, loathe, criticize. There's a spirit at work there, and that spirit hates love. God, may we be, as a church, Christ-centered, spirit-led. When other people are saying things about us, let us pray for them and say, you know what? I pray the Lord's blessing on you. I pray that you grow and you do well under the guidance of the Holy Spirit but I will not choose to go down that path that you're, taking, that you're wanting me to take. I'm not gonna engage you on this level. I'm gonna engage you on this level. Would you stand to your feet? Team, would you come? Purple is a color that can never be separated. That's when people look at us and they say, And they see the Father, the Son, and us as one. For when they've seen you, they've seen him. After the first service, you know how God just kind of opens up your eyes to things? I called the service closed, and I just kind of looked up at our little banner, and I just noticed that that gal in the middle of the poster, in the center, is wearing purple. And I just said, God, 
That's it. Christ-centered, spirit-led. My friends, if you're here this morning and Holy Spirit is just talking to you this morning saying, you know what? There's things in your life that I want to mold, I want to shape, and I want to bring about change in your life. Will you give it to me this morning? Will you allow me to make you a purple person? Will you allow me to be the center that every single day as you grow in your life, you're going to look more and more and more like me? That's your heart's desire this morning. I just ask you to raise your hand and say, Lord, that's me this morning. God, I want to look like you, Jesus. I want my heart to be like you, Lord. And by raising of our hands, we're just saying, God, I give you permission now to shape me. I give you permission now, Lord, to take anything that is in me that is of the flesh and crucify it because we are people of the Spirit. Lord, may we be like you in Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.